If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. The future is all in 3D. So if you look at video games, it's a good indicator of where everything else is going. Imagine retail is going to be like that and education is going to be like that. So we're going to be able to walk into these worlds, see our friends, meet up as avatars. And this is already happening at a grand scale around the world. Could you create interactive 3D content to use during your workday or for any other creative endeavor you might have in mind? Absolutely, says Alan Smithson. Alan and his wife, Julie Smithson, who is the chair of XRWomen.com, are the co-founders of Ontario-based company Metaverse. And Metaverse is a company with a mission to make spatial computing accessible to everyone. Now, spatial computing encompasses augmented reality, virtual reality, and extended reality, or XR. And Alan and Julie are accomplishing this mission by creating a new web-based platform that enables anyone to create 3D experiences. The engine is also called Metaverse and doesn't require code for creation. The Metaverse engine has both free and paid accounts. And you can see how this works and what can be created by taking a look at the brand new virtual showroom, which Alan and Julie recently introduced on Metaverse. Alan, taking a look at your bio on LinkedIn, you are a biologist, I believe, molecular biologist. How did XR first come on your radar, something in which you really wanted to work? You know, it's really interesting you asked that, Dot. I have been a molecular biologist. I have been a hostel owner. I have been a pharmaceutical representative. I have been a DJ. I've been a software manufacturer, hardware manufacturer. And really, I took the entrepreneurship thing to heart and tried a bunch of different things over the course of my life. And a few years back, I was performing at a, a camp put on by Eric Schmidt from Google. And I got to try VR for the first time and had this aha moment where I went, wow, this is how we're going to communicate moving forward. And it was ever since that moment when I just realized that this is how we're going to communicate. And I dedicated you know, my life to this part. And so that was five years ago, got into VR and AR, and there's a long tail of exponential growth. So, you know, there are people that have been working in this industry for 30 years, and it's hard to imagine that VR and AR has been around that long, but it really has. And what we're finding now is that, you know, I started five years ago and I thought it was a long tail. But what we're starting to see right now is this exponential curve starting to tilt upwards. And in a new technology like virtual augmented and mixed reality or XR, it's really interesting to see that these technologies all start to compound on themselves. And we're entering this era of exponential growth, not only of that industry, but of every industry. And Peter Diamandis says it best when he says, more wealth will be created in the next decade than all of previous human history. Now, the interesting thing about that statement is that statement was made before the pandemic. And if you look at how much money has been printed since the pandemic started, we're somewhere in the realm of over $10 trillion just printed out of thin air. So more wealth has been created in the last year than most of previous human history. You said something scary in a presentation I was listening to prior to this interview where you said something like, these are the slow days. And that's scary when you stop to think about it. Today is the slowest day you'll ever going to see. 
Wow. It gets faster from this point forward. And already, if you look at, you know, look at what you did in the last two weeks and then think about what you did five years ago. If you could even imagine back five years ago, you know, your phone was ancient compared to what you have now. The internet was slower. There was not much more you could do, but we were still on 4G. We had like, you know, five, six years of 4G and now we're in 5G and now AI and now quantum computers and now XR, all of these things, blockchain, crypto, all of it together is having a snowball effect on everything else. And so today is the slowest day it will ever be. Which is liable to scare a few people. It certainly scares me. However, I it's think only it's scary good. if you don't see it coming. If you're head in the sand and you're not paying attention, well, I guess you can't be scared of it either, right? But I think those people that are remaining ignorant or choose to remain ignorant of what's coming and what's happening, well, they're going to get blindsided. Nobody that's listening to this podcast is going to be anything like that. And you have a pretty amazing engine out there, 3D creation engine by the name of Metaverse. I wish you'd tell me the story of creating that. Sure. So Metaverse, the term Metaverse means the world you're in when you're in virtual, augmented, or mixed reality, or the internet. It's kind of the sum of all virtual worlds. You're in this Metaverse. It's like a universe of all digital connection. And if you think about it, the Metaverse already exists. It's called the internet, and we've had it for years. And everybody, you know, thinks of the metaverse as the embodiment of, you know, being in the physical, you know, digital world. But really, the metaverse is the internet. If anybody in the world can connect together and learn and talk and communicate together, we're already in this web of the metaverse or the internet. And so we chose this name to represent the future of how we're going to communicate together. And so we came up with this name and we started in 2016, not knowing anything about the industry, we kind of worked in, you know, 2014, we worked 2015, then 2016, we started Metaverse, but we didn't really understand where the market was going, where the opportunities were. So we just did anything and everything for everybody. We did 360 videos, we did AR apps, we did VR training apps, we did everything. And in the process, we understood where the market's going, what customers are looking for, what is the future of this technology, and the future is all in 3D. So if you look at video games, it's a good indicator of where everything else is going. You know, the ability to move around in a video game, you know, potentially shoot things and do this, and that's fine. But imagine retail is going to be like that. And education is going to be like that. So we're going to be able to walk into these worlds, see our friends, meet up as avatars. And this is already happening at a grand scale around the world. And COVID super hyper accelerated that. Now, fast forward to where we are today. We actually started our own accelerator called XR Ignite, where we wanted to find the best and brightest startups in the world and put our brand behind it and help them grow. And what we ended up doing, we, we ended up finding one company that we were just blown away with. And the company was called Cherry 3D. And they had a web-based, completely web-based 3D creation platform. It was very basic then. And over the last year and a half, we have worked directly with them and we combined the two companies together to build what we call the Metaverse Engine. And it's an XR creation tool that is easy to create, curate, and consume this 3D XR content all from any device via a web browser. So you don't have to worry about app stores. You don't have to worry about app permissions or app commissions. It's all one-click published to any device. Wow. And so if I understand how this works, and please step me through it, if I'm a teacher, like yep. a lot of our audience members are, and I want my class to see something in 3D, 
I can come in and scan this in. How does that work? Sure. There's a precursor to being able to use the Metaverse engine, and that's how do you create 3D files, right? So there's a bunch of different ways you can create 3D files. One, you can buy them. That's the easiest way. Say you want to teach about the human body. You can go on sites like Sketchfab, TurboSquid, or CG Trader. Those are the three main ones. And you can buy a skeleton or you can buy a human body. There's lots, anytime people make these 3D assets for a project or for anything, they typically tend to sell them as a secondary asset in these things because it's very costly to make these things. And if somebody spent the time to make something really great, like a, you know, a human anatomy 3D exhibit or piece, they want to sell them. They want to make sure that everybody has access. So Sketchfab, CG Trader, and TurboScript. Now, that's one way. You can buy the assets. The next way is you can make the assets. You can literally create them from scratch. You can use programs like Blender or Maya or Cinema 4D. These are all programs for creating 3D from scratch. You can also then take CAD models. So if you have a manufactured product or you have a CAD model from something, from a, you know, a building or a product or manufactured thing, car, doesn't matter. You can bring the CAD models in, you can convert them to 3D that you want to use, and you can bring them into the engine and manipulate them that way. So that's the third way. So you can buy them, build them, convert them, or you can use what's called photogrammetry. And photogrammetry means you take a bunch of photos of an object or a place and stitch them together using very advanced software. The, the main software, there's two, Agisoft and Capturing Reality. And Capturing Reality just was purchased by Epic Games, the company that makes Fortnite. So you can use that. You take, let's say, a thousand photographs of your bedroom, you put it into the system, and it automatically will generate a 3D mesh and map of that, and you can drop those in. The fifth way of doing it is called LiDAR. This is a most interesting way because it is the fastest, easiest way to replicate physical object and create it into a digital 3D object for the virtual world. And what you can do is you can use the infrared scanners on an iPhone 12 or the new iPad. And what this allows you to do is just take your phone, walk around a product. It does what's called, it uses LiDAR scanning to create a point cloud map or a mesh around it. And then it uses the camera to automatically kind of seam that all together. It's not perfect now. It has its limitations and its issues, but it's a good precursor of how everyone in the world will have a device in their hand that can create and capture 3D and put it into the virtual world. Wow, that is absolutely mind-blowing. You have this great new virtual showroom you've just rolled out. I'd love to have you take me through that and tell me a little bit too about if we're using that LiDAR and we're makers, does that work well for us as small business people or is this more for the larger companies? It's a great question. Um, the LiDAR scanning is probably not ready for anything you'd want to sell publicly. So for example, if you have a small business and you sell coffee mugs, right? So you sell coffee mugs. First of all, anything that's shiny tends not to work with these scanners because it reflects the light back. So anything that's shiny tends not to work that great. But what you'll find if you're selling coffee mugs, what you'll find is that it's probably easier to just buy a coffee mug on one of these, you know, TurboSquid or Sketchfab or wherever and bring it into a 3D modeling for, you know, software and just change it the way you need it. So you're not starting from zero. Photogrammetry and LiDAR is really, photogrammetry is great for places. Like if you wanted to take the Sistine Chapel and convert it into 3D, photogrammetry is the only way. It's the perfect way to do it. And so 
the tools are not really that easy to use for individual you know, businesses and educators. I think it's best that you just kind of figure out what you want to do, what the story you want to tell, what lesson you want to teach, find some assets on one of these things and kind of put that together. And the Metaverse Engine allows you to, to drag and drop these assets and build experiences from the 3D assets. And I think that's where our strength lies is that we have an editor that's web-based, so you don't need fancy hardware or you know graphics cards or anything like that. All you need is a computer and a web browser. And from there, you're able to drag and drop your experiences on. And what we've done is we've really tried to design this so that it's not just for hardcore coders. Of course, if you're a programmer, you can get in there and we have full JavaScript enabled. So you can write to your heart's content. But for everybody else, it's all drag and drop. We have a thing called code snippets, which means it's a piece of code that when you drag it onto an object, it gives you a bunch of magical superpowers. And you can say, I want to spin the object, or I want to make it bigger. I want to make it fly away, or I want it to talk to me if it's an avatar. You can start adding these functionalities without ever writing a line of code. And we call it a code optional system. And so this is what we're really pushing towards is the democratization of these experience creation by enabling anybody, whether they're a programmer or not, to create and share. And we have a one-click share. When you hit publish, it publishes to URL, so a website, a QR code. It'll publish to Android and iOS existing apps if you want. We have a piece of code for that. You can embed it on your website, and we have an iframe as well. So you have all sorts of ways to share this on any device. And our system typically works on an iPhone 6 and above. Wow. And of course, code, a lot of people, when they hear that, go, yikes. Dot, you nailed it. You know, I, a few years ago, I tried to start, you know, learning Unity and I'm not a programmer. So, you know, about three days in, I just realized that there's not much I can do. If I don't know how to code in C Sharp or C++ in, you know, Unreal, I'm kind of useless with this technology. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it so that designers, creators, teachers, educators can go in and also at the same time have web developers come and help them to create things that don't exist. You know, maybe I want it to spin and then fly away. Well, that's just a few lines of code for somebody who knows the code. So what we're trying to do is make it so that creators can get in there and do this and also partner with these amazing developers to make something really, really beautiful. And we're working on a what we're calling workspaces. And the idea is that you'll be able to work within a project together, multiple people working in a project simultaneously, almost like Google Docs. And so this is a feature we'll be rolling out next year, but it's it's the first time you'll be able to collaborate on creating these 3D experiences all from the web. That sounds like so much fun too. Of course, anybody listening right now is going to say, where do I find out more? Find out <laughs> sure. More? So we're about to launch a new website. So by the time this airs, the new website should be there and it's metaverse.com and it's M-E-T-A-V-R-S-E. So it's metaverse without that E in between V and R. Metaverse.com, M-E-T-A-V-R-S-E. Now, I did want to take a look in our imagination at your new virtual showroom. Let's say we're going shopping. Sure. I want to see what there is. Maybe I want to get a couch from my home. How's it sure. So a virtual showroom, imagine, okay, imagine you have a 3D space, okay? And I throw a 3D object in there, like a shoe, okay? So that 3D object is just sitting in 3D space. Now, what happens if I shrink the shoe down and put a room around you, right? 
the room is still in 3D space. I can zoom out and see the room and move the room like I would the shoe. But if I zoom in, I feel like I'm in a room. It's kind of psychologically weird that you know it's just an object, but when you're inside of it, it feels like you're in a room. So the virtual showroom is just four walls. Imagine four walls and a ceiling and you can put anything in it you want and it feels like you're in a room. It feels like you're in a showroom. And the showroom could have no roof. It could be all sky. It could be no floor floating in gravity. It could be in space. The creative is completely up to you. The whole concept is that you can now have a space where you can move around in like a video game and explore and see things. So maybe you wanted to see a shoe. Maybe you wanted to see what was the thing you said you wanted to couch. I need to get a couch. couch. Okay. So I go up to the couch. I can look at it. I can see it in different colors. And then we also can add a button that says, I want to see this couch in augmented reality on my phone. So I've got my phone. I'm looking at the couch. I change it. I actually have a couch one here. It's interesting you say that. I'll give you a link so that people can try it at home in the show notes. But we have a couch and you can, let's say I want to have a, the sectional and I want to you know, have the sectional over here. And then I hit AR and I can see that couch in real size in my room projected in my space. And mm. so you've kind of connected this virtual showroom concept with bringing that object into your real space. Maybe it's an art painting. We just finished a gallery for an art exhibit where you can see all the paintings and then you hit AR, you can see them on your wall. So now you can take that painting, put it in your physical space, take a picture, see if you like it, show your friends. And so you're able to take the virtual showroom out of a computer or your phone and bring it into the real world using augmented reality. Wow. What an exciting (laughs) time. I understand that you were a dad, two daughters. And what guidance do you give them with all this XR happening? about the skills they're going to need to have the jobs in 20 years that are going to really be sustainable? That's a really great question. And it's a hard one to answer. The most efficient answer to this question that I've found is that in 20 years, the jobs that we will have or that will be probably don't even exist yet. And the jobs that exist now probably won't exist then. So if you think of the impact that AI is going to have on, let's just say art, everybody's like, oh, art is a, you know, one of those things that will never go away. Agreed, there will be artists and the thing, but AI can paint a painting. AI can make music. AI can make a sculpture. AI can create a virtual environment. AI can do anything we can do, only better. And once we train it to do that, it will do it better on every front. Same with robotics. You know, you go into a car manufacturer today, you look at a car company 50 years ago, they had people. There was no robots. It was all people assembling every nut, bolt, and screw in a car. Now, there's only people managing the robots and the robots assemble every nut, bolt and screw. It's not that there's, you know, no jobs. The jobs are, you know, programming robots, repairing robots. The jobs have shifted and changed, but they're not the same as what we thought. So, you know, and if you look at my career path, like I said, at the beginning of this interview, I've done everything from molecular biology through to DJing. And I think keeping a broad open mind about what is coming and what you want to do is really important. The other thing is that you have to live in a mindset of constant learning. If you're not constantly learning, you're falling behind. And I read probably, I don't know, three to four hours a day on average. And so this is my advantage. This is an advantage I wish on all the young people as well. If you get in a habit of reading, you know, and it doesn't have to be you know, anything of, you know, just something you're interested in. It doesn't have to be AI or advanced tech. It could be, you know, how to make a basket or how to sew or anything. Just constantly keep learning and keep that 
ability to adapt. Adaptability and perseverance are the two main things you need as we enter into this exponential growth uh, explosion that we're, we're in right now. It will be an exciting time. We said earlier, it'd be scary, but it's also exciting. It's exhilarating. Super exciting. Super exciting. Oh my God. The technologies we're going to see in the next 10 years are going to dwarf anything we've seen in the previous hundred. So, you know, as people move towards spatial computing, wearing glasses on their face, that the whole world's a computer, this is going to enter, you know, things we can't even think. Imagine 10 years ago, or you know, I guess 12 years ago now, if I handed you a smartphone you know, from today and said, here you go. Can you imagine what you could do on it? There's no way you could possibly imagine even a 10th, 1% of the apps that have been created for the smartphone. My smartphone now can give me measurements. It can give me directions. It can tell me what to buy. It can help me on a dress for the day. My smartphone can do pretty much everything. And if you think that you are not impacted by technology, try living a day without your smartphone. I'd go at home for the <laughs> There is no way I would be able to live a day without my smartphone. You and everybody else. So the point is we are already as a species converted to this digital human connection. And so we really have to also think about the humanics of it. What is at the heart of the human digital interaction? And we have to start designing these interactions for the humans first. We can't just keep making tech for the sake of tech. Tech has to be built and to serve the needs of consumers, which is really exciting you know, about what we're doing at Metaverse because the ultimate goal for us is to unlock the power of spatial computing or XR for everyone. And by doing that simple mindset of for everyone, that's the key for everyone. It shouldn't be just coders. It shouldn't be just 3D experts. It shouldn't be XR people. It should be everyone. Everyone should be able to participate in the spatial web as they did in the regular web. So now anybody who wants to make a website can build a website in 20 minutes using Wix or, you know, all of these tools. And so we want to be that one of those tools that makes it easy for people to participate in the spatial computing revolution that's coming. What would you consider has been the most fun that you've had with your Metaverse engine and with Metaverse as a company within the last six months? Oh man, the last six months has been insane. I think watching what our customers are doing with this. So we've built some really interesting projects in training recently, one for a, a large electronics manufacturer and one for a medical device manufacturer. And what we've found is that by using 3D and this interactive spatial you know, XR stuff, by using this to teach people about the blood machine, for example, we eliminated a three-day course, which they can't travel to anyway because of COVID. We bundled up a 200-page manual, a bunch of PDFs, and a bunch of videos, and a course, all into a 3D experience that anybody on any device can now use to replace every screw, nut, and bolt, a hard drive fan on this blood machine. So now, with a phone and the blood machine in front of me and a screwdriver, I can repair the whole damn thing. And I know nothing about this machine. That so that fun. was something that blew my mind because we literally replaced the need for human teaching. It's all obvious. You don't need to tell me what screws to remove because the 3D graphic shows me the screws coming out. So that was one. The other one that we saw really interesting numbers behind is the consumer electronic manufacturer. We launched their new devices 
January. And it was a training protocol that we made. And what we found is that the trainees had a four times greater engagement, meaning they looked at this experience four times more than they would on a normal training experience, which is insane. The second part of that is that their test scores went up by an average of 50%. So this is real. And we're not talking VR yet. This is not even glasses. This is just delivered on a phone, tablet, and computer. So if that kind of engagement and that kind of improvement is what we're seeing without glasses, you can only imagine when I put it on my head and I don't have to think about it, I just you know go through my work. We're going to eliminate the need for costly training protocols. We're going to increase training retention. We're going to increase employee satisfactions. And overall, what that will do is increase revenues, increase conversions, increase the success of the organization utilizing this technology. I'm going to throw a shameless plug in here. You did a TEDx talk about education that really dovetails with what you've just said, because you talk about experience and you talk about how if you experience something, you are going to remember it 50% more. I highly recommend that people check out your TEDx talk, which they'll see on your LinkedIn page. It's the marriage of technology and education. Which really starts scary, but winds up being very hopeful. And the one really scary thing about this is you predicted in 2039 that we'd have what we had in 2020. Absolutely mind-blowing. Honestly, I used to do a talk. (laughs) I used to do a talk called The World in 2040. And it was meant to inspire children, young people under 20 to know what to get into. Now, the problem is that all the things that are in my 2040 talk are already happening. So flying drone copters, we already have them. (laughs) You know, I made this talk five years ago or four years ago, the world in 2040. And meanwhile, this stuff's happening today. So I'm like, oh, 20 years from now, holy crap. I mean, it's very, very hard to envision that. Are we going to have, you know, daily flights to the moon for vacation? Probably. Are we going to have AI that just, you know, does everything for us and we just kind of live a, a cool social life? Maybe. I have no idea now. It's what I thought was going to happen in 20 years happened in five. So I don't know. That's what makes it interesting though. That's, we can project that it's going to be crazy, but thinking back, I remember the 1960s people said, whoa, one day we're going to have telephones where you can see people when you talk to them. Really? No, that's never going to happen. (laughs) Look at today. And, but if you think about that dot, the interesting thing about that is that we didn't have telephones that you could see people for, 50 years after that. Like it wasn't until the smartphone that we really, you know, used it as such where I can see people and, and look at that or the, you know, webcams. But, you know, think about it in 1970s and 80s, they made phones that had cameras in them. Remember those? And they had a little screen. Big Nobody used things, it. Yes. Nobody used it. It was a Nortel Networks thing, but nobody used it. And, you know, if you had told somebody in the BlackBerry era that you were never going to have a phone with a keyboard on it again, a physical keyboard, they would have laughed you out of the room. But that's, alas, what we have now. Just amazing. I have a signature question I always ask at the end of a podcast, which is just this. If people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want them to take away from you and from your metaverse engine? The future is yours to create. So start creating now. Thank you for your time today, Alan. My pleasure, Dot. It's been wonderful. And I look forward to seeing what people build on the Metaverse Engine. And for those of you who want to sign up for a free account, the free account is full functionality. You can go in there and make up to five projects. And it's at engine.metaverse.com. 
engine.metaverse.com. Alan offered a final insight and one additional resource. The best message I can say to everybody is don't wait for technology to become mature. Get in early and find the technologies that really work for you and for what your needs are. There is an army of technologies coming out right now in all sorts of realms. And don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Learn it. You know, NFTs is the big hot thing right now. You know, go do some research on it. Read some articles. Listen to a podcast. Learn this. There's so many ways to learn about these things. And, you know, I would really recommend that you sign up for Peter Diamandis's, I think it's weekly now. It used to be weekly. I think it's daily. He has an email newsletter that goes out that tells you all the new stuff that came out. And it used to be, a every, well, it used to be bi-weekly, I think, or monthly. And then it was weekly. And now I think it's every other day or every day, you can see all the cool things that are happening. And I think just by knowing what's happening around the world in technology, you're already light years ahead of people who cover their eyes and plug their ears. Peter Diamandis. He's definitely somebody to check out. Diamandis.com. It's D-I-A-M-A-N-D-I-S.com. Once again, that's Diamandis, D-I-A-M-A-N-D-I-S.com. Peter is the founder of the XPRIZE. He's also the CEO of Zero Gravity, which is a space exploration and space tourism company. So he's really looking at the future. And that's where I get a lot of my what's coming. And he's got a book called Bold. Definitely read that book. You and I have been listening to Alan Smithson, co-founder of Ontario-based Metaverse. As Alan mentioned, you can sign up for a free account for the Metaverse Engine at engine.metaverse.com. That's engine.metaverse.com. Meanwhile, get a look at Metaverse's new virtual showroom at metaverse.com. The shoes especially are a lot of fun to design and select. That's metaverse spelled M-E-T-A-V-R-S-E dot com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.